Today, I'd like to welcome to the podcast, you guessed, my cousin. Today, I sit and we chat with Andre Petway. I'm going to allow Andre to tell you about a little bit about himself and then share his connection to G's Ben. I think you will enjoy what he has to say. How we doing, fam? All right, all right. I'm in here, I'm in here, man. I appreciate you um, bringing me in today. Um, Again, like you said, my name is Andre Petway, born and raised, G's Ben. <laughs> it's funny, when I was um little, well, younger anyway, in high school, I used to rip. You know, we come from a very small town where things were real family-oriented. At a very early age, I had pride in where I was from. And I went to school or high school. We was bust off to um, other communities to go to school. I always felt like I was one of the only guys that was knucklehead enough to rip where I'm from. So I didn't tell people I was from Boykin. I didn't tell people I was from G's Ben. I used to tell people I'm from G-Town back then. The things that I encountered growing up always had me just in that state of mind, like I'm a country boy. You know, I've traveled the world. I've been able to go to different countries, different cities throughout the U.S. speaking. And I always prided myself in the ability to be able to speak to anybody, yet maintaining that humble countryness that, you know, I call me. I've never went anywhere trying to pretend I was something else or try to act like I was something else. You know, I'm just Robert and Mary Release's boy. Like, I, I think I said, put a, put this on Facebook one time. Like, if anybody know those two people, you know what all that entails when I say I'm Robert and Mary Release's boy. <clears throat> Tell you how I see it. Don't mind stepping on toes. Don't mind getting you off my toes. I think that just, again, you're just the pride of being... G's being, and also being a pet way. Oftentimes, I've seen people throughout the country relating me to some famous person they may know with the same last name as mine, or might not even be a famous person, but they say, but do you know such and such? Their name is Petway and Pettyway and you know, all these different pronunciations. And again, I'm prideful about who I am. Like, do they spell it P-E-T-T-W-A-Y? To me, it matters. My connection to G's being, I was thinking about when um, you first asked me to come on your show. It's funny. I'm 43 years, well, I'll be 43 in a few weeks. Every memory or moment that resonates with me, it was in the summertime. We was outside playing or we was at a family reunion during July or we was at the May Day. It was graduation time somewhere and more. it was the summertime at the park with me playing with my friends and my other family members. Will Smith had that song back in the day, Summertime. I remember when that song first came out, I was like, yeah, we used to go to the park and we used to have the water fights and we used to play softball all summer long and then we would go down to the Creek after having what we call free lunch. There was a community service where they would issue out lunch to the kids during the summertime. And we would go eat the sandwiches and drink the juices and go down to the creek. Now I live here in the house and I tell my kids, like, look, y'all got a pool back there. We didn't have no pool growing up. I literally remember the first time I went to the creek, I was about 13 years old. And when I jumped in the water, first, I might add, you know, every child think they can swim. At 13 years old, I thought I could swim. And I jumped in the water. And I, as soon as I went in there and realized I couldn't swim, all I could hear was my mama saying, boy, don't go down there to the creek. You're going to drown. And i like, this is it. <laughs> this is it. 
I made it out that day, and I went back down there the next day until I learned how to swim. Jeez, Ben, it was and is everything. It made me the person I am today. You know, I was able to be around some some elderly people of the community during that time who were actively involved in the civil rights movement. So when I would go to school, I would hear the stories that they shared. I would be able to hear some of the stories of the elderly people about how G's Ben came about. As a young black man, I couldn't help but be proud of that. Like, wow, y'all went through all that. Y'all suffered through all that. Y'all struggled through all that. And it's only right that I, in my own version, try to carry that torch. It's only right in my own version that I try to share that with the next generations. When I say pride, it's not like, oh, I'm a this and I'm a that type of pride. I understand that I come from somewhere. I understand a certain level of my history. And I feel like when we have knowledge of where we come from, it requires that we try to live up to whatever standard of excellence that our foreparents had before us. My parents, Robert and Mary Petway, one of the things, my grandfather, my mother's dad, Reverend Van Petway Jr., I think about all the stories I've heard of him growing up, how he was a, a business owner. He was an entrepreneur, which I would imagine, though, during that time, probably most people were because, geez, Ben, it wasn't a whole lot of, oh, let me go clock in and do the nine to five type thing. So if you wanted to provide for your family, you wanted to feed your family, you had to figure it out. And my granddad, you know, he owned a store. People tell stories about how he had chickens, he had a garden. And my granddaddy died when my mother was nine. So I never had the um, opportunity to meet him. Early in my trucking career, I was running a delivery route. Now I actually own a couple of trucks and have people driving for me. Early in my career, I was driving for somebody else. And I went to make a delivery. The guy had to write a check. And he asked me what my name was because, you know, he was um, like, should it be in your name or the company? I'm like, well, you know, my name is Andre Petway, but you can put it in the company name. The guy was a lawyer. His customer that was in facility that I was in overheard my name. And the guy said, Petway, long, long time ago when I was a little boy. Now, mind you, this guy, he's probably about 60, 70 years old. He said, a long, long time ago, I used to ride the truck with my granddaddy. And we used to go to this place called G's Bean. And there was a man over there named Petway, and he walked around on crutches. Lo and behold, bro, you talking about my granddaddy. You used to deliver to my granddaddy's store. He talked about how interesting my granddaddy was, and I began to tell him more about him, I guess, because, again, like, he was a little boy when... He was down there meeting or riding the truck with his granddad, and, and my granddad was there. But he didn't realize that my granddad actually had a disability. He walked on crutches because he had withered legs. And I've never considered it to be a handicap because I've never heard anybody mention him as a handicapped man. I've always heard people mention him as a able-bodied you know, individual that was out in the community helping and doing what he had to do to provide for his family. So even that gumption, I guess you can call it, that he had during that time, tell myself often, and I even tell my kids, my granddaddy did such and such without legs. God going to bless you to be able to do more because you have legs. It's like there's no excuse for me not to be able to, at the very least, amount to the statue of man that he was when I have all working limbs.
tell people all the time and when I talk to them and try to encourage them about doing this and doing that. And that's what G's being is to me. It's doing what you got to do to get by. We were not supposed to make it. One of the things I tell people is somewhat frustrating at times. I'm not going to lie, but you can go to Google and say, G's being where they at, where they come from, what's the story. And they say something to the effect of, oh, when, you know, we came in and saw them, it was like little Ethiopia or little Africa or something of that nature. Because I visited Africa, I have no problem with being labeled as little Africa because I see the wealth and the beauty and the joy of these people. They meant it in a derogatory sense as to say, oh, we were just down, out, and bad. Now, when I say G's being, that name is connected to former First Lady Michelle Obama and tired that she wore. I remember years ago, we was watching on this show, Lifestyle of the Rich and Famous. In the background of, I forget who it was, but some lady had a book that she, for whatever reason, wanted to, you know, show out when they was doing the Lifestyle of the Rich. And this lady living in some multi-million dollar mansion in her library, she has a book of G's being crystals, which, you know, your grandmother, my grandmother, and mentioned in that particular book. I'm a spiritual person. I, I don't, you know, frown on where I start. And I don't frown on where anybody starts. But it's where we're going. We come from some very humble, not so flashy beginnings. It's the beauty of the latter days. And I was down there today. That thing that had such fire in me as a young boy throughout my young adult life, I was down there today. And I'm like, man, I hope we can keep that, you know, because we coming up on what we call our national holiday, you know, our national holiday, May Day coming up, first Saturday in May. There are other May Days in the area. There are other functions in the area. But everybody know, don't plan it on the first Saturday in May because that's Bork and May Day. That's G's being, you know, national holiday. It's just so interesting to me. I don't know why, but right now I feel like this conversation needs to be had because I was a part of the last graduating class of Boykin Elementary, which, you know, it was initially G's being, but at some point they changed the name to Boykin. I was the last graduating class of the school that was located in G's being. And recently that school burned down. So I was out there on the grounds today and I'm like, man, you know, like, it, it was kind of, you know, a tearjerker, I guess, like, we got to restore this. We got to get this back. So many memories, not just of mine, but for so many people. Because what you, I think what you got to understand is that G's being, you can't go there by mistake. You know, it's one way in, one way out. So if you go to G's being, you purposely going there. It's intentional. It's not happening by mistake. You know, you got a community that right now they might have 300 people residing or so. Come the first weekend of May, it's going to be thousands of people there. Not just strangers, thousands of returning fellow G's Bennians and Petways and, 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 and Williams and Bennett's and all the other, you know, Mosley's and just all the families that make up our community. They come in home. It's heartbreaking, you know, to be able to come home to see what you love. I wouldn't say slipping away, not being what you left. I think that's a better way to put it, because it's not slipping away. The current state of the place is not where we left it at. You know, we've been talking to the different people in the political um, scene, trying to get things restored, and I hope it's done quickly. You know, I want to be able to take my kids there, you know, which I've taken them to the Maydays before, and they always have a good time. 
I want to be able to take my kids there. You know, my daughter, my oldest child, she's pregnant. And I want to be able to take my grandchild there once she have that baby, be able to say, wow, this is where my granddaddy come from. Not like, oh, granddaddy, this is what you've been hollering about? Like, I want them to feel what I feel about their community. I'm not the only one that feel that way. That's home. Home on a whole nother level, like out in Bridgeport, Connecticut area. It's what, like over a thousand miles away from G's Bend, but you know, you try to get there when you can because of what was instilled in you. You know, you weren't born there, but it was something instilled in you. Like, I got to get back to G's Bend. That's how we feel about it. Make sure we get that message out. Our people down there, we are fighting to try to maintain a place that we call home. I went around the community today. Like, I just love it. Seeing people comfortable and happy in their home. I tell people all the time, like, I'm talking about my dad for a minute. I think my dad is like 63, and he has knowledge and skill sets of the land as if he, you know, like 100 years old. You know, and not just him, but he and all his brothers that are still down there, you know, they move and operate 50 years older than what they are because that's the culture that they grew up in and they happy with it. Where I live at now, we just recently got a horse and I called my dad. I need to get his fence done. He's like, well, I'll be there such and such day. Like, well, man, I'm going to be at work. He's like, you ain't got to be there for me to put up a fence. That's what I love to do. And he drive an hour and a half to come to my house to put up a fence sometime whether I'm here or not because that's what he loved to do. I'm a little bit, you know, new school compared to him. I'm like, well, dad, you know, we can pay somebody to do this, then the third. And he say, well, boy, you know, it's hard for me to pay somebody to do what I like to do myself. My back go to her and I'm sitting down. That's just, you know, me. That's just who I am. But he worked through it all, you know, but the resilience. My dad, I remember one year I was down there visiting and he was out cutting firewood. It's funny. Now, came to the house. He said, give me a paper towel. <laughs> he done cut his knee with a chainsaw, 36 stitches. And he come in there talking about, give me a paper towel. And mind you, um, we're in such a remote area. It was like, you know, 45, 50-minute ride one way for him to go to work. I remember one year he got sick. And he probably was off work for about a week. And I'm talking about sick, like, I ain't getting up off the couch. I ain't Like, he was sick, 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 sick. You know, but outside of that one time, that one year, but he was sick and could not go to work. I don't remember him missing work. This dude cut his knee with a chainsaw on Sunday and went to work Monday. Driving a five speed. So he having to use that knee to hit the clutch and everything. And he did not stop. You know, he went to work after he got out working. He's pretty sure he went outside and bust some firewood or pick some greens or sweet potatoes or fed the cows. Like, we take whatever comes and we keep moving because we are first and last option. You know, I think by us being in such a remote area, we didn't have a whole lot of help, a whole lot of, you know, shortcuts or crutches to bail us out. So they adapted and figured out how to make do with what they had. I think it's genetic. You know, once you do something so long, it gets into your soul. And that's what you pass on to your seed. And then that seed pass it on to the next seed. I'm on Facebook and it's thousands of pet ways or people affiliated from that area. Everyone I know, like they have a story of resilience, you know, in their own right.
That's where we come from. That's what we created for, and we don't stop. You know, kind of like them baby bay kids. You know, Robin Harris had that show back in the day, baby kid. We don't die, we multiply. But the multiplying part is that thing on the inside that keeps you going, keeps you rolling. Like whatever you want out of life, you got to go make it happen. You can't wait on it. You can't quit because it gets difficult. Because we come from difficult times. My great grandfather and my grandfather on my dad's side, great grandfather on my mom's side, you know, because of what they went through, it allowed me to be born free with an advantage. I wasn't owned by anybody. Like I said, my granddaddy had, you know, a handicap, so to speak. And yet they were able to accomplish things. And so what excuse did I do I have? I am every excuse a black man uses not to make it. Um, I did not graduate in the top 10 of my class. I think I was about 230-something in a class of 250-something. Early on, you know, I had, you know, my run-ins with the law, in and out of jail, you know, nothing major. I did some stuff that um, got me in trouble. Currently married now to my wife. Um, this year be 15 years. Had some failed relationships before her. I have kids that came through marriage and some, you know, out of wedlock, as they say. But I use none of those excuses to um, lay down. I've always worked to where all of my kids know each other. All of my kids know me. I take care of all of my kids. Three times a charm, as they say, with this marriage. And we working it out. We doing what we got to do in business. I just got an entrepreneurial heart to be able to own my own business and employ people when at once upon a time, it seemed like I was getting fired like every other day. Didn't nobody want me, you know, like I work hard. I just had a hard head. I think G's Ben did that for me. Like there's no valid excuse not to succeed in life. I literally believe that you can be whatever you want to be. I say that not in the sense of everybody can be the president because everybody don't want to be the president. But I do believe that whatever you desire in your heart, if that's what you want to do, not only can you do it, but you can be successful at it to where everybody can eat where the president eat it. Probably not in the Oval Office, but whatever restaurant he enjoyed, you can go down there with him too. Like the Bill Gates of the world or, you know, whatever other, you know, rich people that people sometimes aspire to be. I can sit at the same table with them and not be ashamed because I'm just a country as I want to be, doing what I love doing, providing how I provide for me and mine. And you can hold your head up, especially knowing where you come from. And I know where I come from. G's being Alabama. G-Town. Well, Cousin Dre, Mr. G-Town, thank you for spending time with us on the podcast. And to the audience who is listening, I hope I know that you've heard something that you can use to help inspire the next generation. Until next time.